0: All right, everybody, good morning. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Wiz and I just completed a Wave of Wire episode, and in that Wave of Wire episode, Wiz made a point to talk about defenses, streaming defenses, strategies around that. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation around NFL defenses because defenses are a significant part of fantasy. Hopefully your league doesn't just completely discount it and make it an afterthought when it comes to fantasy football drafts. The Wiz and I are here to talk a little defense today. Wiz, what's cooking?
1: Yeah, all well, uh, all good. And uh, I agree completely that, um, you know, ideally your league doesn't make all defenses the same and kind of irrelevant. So the first order of business is go to your homepage in your league, go on and click on league details, and take a few minutes of your time and study the scoring system. Study what you get for sacks and interceptions and fumble, fumbles recovered. Does your defense give points uh, for yards against? Uh, does your defense, uh, does your league give points for points against? What is it? Is it difficult to gain a lot of points? I think in most leagues, unfortunately, the way the setup is, um, if you're in a snake draft, which I believe you know somewhere around 70, 75 percent of leagues are snake drafts then there's nothing really to say. You're probably going to be taking your defense and kicker in some, um, in in either order with your last two picks. Um, but it still doesn't mean that you shouldn't make the right pick. But, um, the most important thing, and I'm sure you would agree with this is everyone should go to their, uh, league homepage and study the scoring system. If I told you how many guys that we know do not know their league scoring system, um, it's just it's kind of it's kind of startling but then again um, it's understandable based on their results.
0: <laughs> no, and, and I and I agree. I think, first off, you know, as you said, we've been doing a lot of mock drafts, and you see at the end of drafts, really, it's just defenses and kickers that are going late in the drafts. Uh, in auction drafts in some leagues, you know, you don't see a defense go for more than $2 because their relevance is restricted by the scoring system. We like to, in most of the leagues that we are in, is defense has to be recognized, defense slash special teams has to be recognized for their contributions, uh, even getting points for things things like block field goals for, um, you know, touchdowns when it comes to touchdowns, defensive touchdowns, all that sort of stuff. That's, it's all very important. So just make sure you're looking at your scoring system. I I agree with that uh, wholeheartedly. Um, And and I don't think, you know, you know, in some leagues where you only have to keep a kicker and a defense, uh, I think what you want to do in some instances is, is you, you know, you could be one of those owners where you're actually streaming a choice between two defenses. You have two better defenses, you know, don't, don't just take for granted the defensive position, especially if your scoring system does reward it. You know, sometimes even though you only have to carry one defense, it may be a good luxury to actually have two defenses so that you can kind of mix and match uh, depending on the matchups. Because, you know, each and every week, week in and week out, even if you have an elite defense, some of, some of those matchups and given the rules that are in place in the NFL, it's going to be very challenging for defenses to stop, uh, you know, elite, elite offenses in this league.
1: I agree with that. And, you know, one, one helpful thing maybe to do is if, you know, you're in a league where you could carry one defense, you know, it's not the worst idea to look at the schedule and pick out a defense that you like and look at their schedule and say, okay, this is a very good defense, but they have a very difficult matchup in weeks eight and weeks 11 and weeks 13. Let me look at a different defense that may not even be ranked um, that high, but have good matchups or presumed to be good matchups before the season starts. And I'm going to, you know, either draft that second defense or I know they'll be on the waiver wire and I'll put a little notation to pick them up. So there's nothing wrong with streaming mixing and matches your defense I know you're a big believer in cold weather matchups on defense as, you know, the weather gets into – the season gets into November and December. um, And the weather gets a little colder in those outdoor East Coast games. uh, You could have some some advantages there. So uh, I think there are different ways to go about it. Uh, I just – like I said, I I just don't see in snake drafts why anybody should take a defense – Earlier than either the, you know their last pick or the next to their last pick because just about all the defenses that I've seen, scoring system wise, uh, kind of make it where you have to have like a very very outrageously special performance to put up a big big number. Otherwise, you know you get a little bit of advantage, and you want to have a good defense. Of course you do. You know you don't want to have it terrible. You want a, a terrible defense. You want to do as as good as possible in whatever position you draft. So, uh, look at your scoring system, and I think, uh, the mix and match system, which you like to do, is, uh, is, is a good, is a good teaching tool. For,
0: for people to know about it. Yeah, and I, and I definitely focus on that as we get later in the season where I really need to win games, say in week 12, 13, or 14 of the regular season. And 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 of course, in the playoffs, when you want to make sure that your matchups kind of fit fit one another, the likelihood that even in a league where I only have to keep one defense, that I'm keeping two defenses late in the season is probably a very high uh, uh, high percentage that I'll probably be doing that uh, as a result of some of the things that Wiz just mentioned. So yeah, it's, it's, it's important. Um, I think in some of those leagues where in auction leagues that we're in, where scoring, it does make a difference and you're rewarded for having an elite defense, you know, we do see defenses go for a lot of money in those leagues and uh, it's warranted and you don't just want to sit back. Uh, You know, it's, I think in certain, at certain points you have to be more aggressive on defense and and not just take, take two kind of defenses that you're, you know, kind of Lukewarm on because, you know, at the end of the day, that won't make a significant difference when it comes to your week to week scoring.
1: No, definitely, uh, you know, I I definitely agree with that. I'm going to talk about a defense or two that, you know, I'm looking at, uh, you know, maybe off the radar outside the top 10 or 12 uh, defenses that, you know, that that look pretty good. I mean, you know, the Giants. The Giants don't have a great football team. But just looking at the division they're in, um, and I don't know, Dak Prescott banged up, and I'm not sure if Fitzpatrick can have some, you know, will have some bad games, and Jalen Hurts is still learning the position. I'm kind of liking the Giants' defense. It's kind of like an off-the-radar in most people's eyes, defense. Certainly worth, worthy of streaming. Uh, the coach is a good defensive coach. Uh, he really understands defense. Um, they, have, uh, they have some terrific players on the defensive side of the football. I'm kind of looking at the Giants. Today. Your beloved New York football Giants as kind of like an off the radar defense for this upcoming season, do you, what, what do you think about the Giants?
0: Yeah, so you know, I, I wanted, to, I did want to mention where, uh, and we've discussed this a lot on this podcast about what what uh, I would say ineffective offenses uh, mean for your defensive side of the football. So. Um, that would be my one concern when it comes to the Giants. So what, what, what do we mean when we talked about this? We talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a couple of years ago uh, when Jameis Winston was there. Uh, even though he threw for 5,000 yards in the season, he turned the ball over way too much. In comes Tom Brady. The turnovers drop from significantly high to become non-existent. And lo and behold, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers become a number one defense uh, when it comes to fantasy. And so those are the type of things that we look for. And I think sometimes your offense can certainly hold back your Defense. Uh, if they're not staying on the field, if they're not sustaining drives, if they're turning the football over frequently, uh, it's going to put a lot of onus on, on your defense to hold uh, the opposing offense down. And I, I think we've seen on too many occasions that happen. So... I'd say this, if, if you get a proper uh, progression, I do understand what you're saying about the division. Uh, I think if Daniel Jones is able to limit his his turnovers, which there were way too many of last year, uh, and they're ge- able to get an, a, a, an effective running game going again, not that Goldman wasn't effective as a backup last year, but he wasn't Saquon Barkley, but the ability to run the ball, run out clock, keep your defense fresh, all important ingredients for, for defenses. So offensive success Uh, From a team does dictate how your defense will perform in a lot of times. So I would say it's the one thing that kind of holds me back. You know, I have some reservation about the Giants on the offensive side of the football. Uh, I think the personnel and some of the players that they have uh, certainly are uh, uh, could provide and and you mentioned Joe Judge being a, a very good defensive coach as well. I think all of that makes sense, uh, but again, you're going to need the offense to cooperate and not to turn the football over, and if you get that, you know, I think the Giants have some playmakers on defense and could make a difference in your fantasy season.
1: Yeah, do you uh, was there any team like, I mean, look, we could come on here and say, yeah, the Steelers and the Washington football team and the Bucks and... The Rams. (laughs) Yeah, everybody understands that, but do you have anyone like outside the top 10 or 12 or even 15 that you're keeping your eye on, whether it's like kind of an under the radar defense, a streaming defense, or just a defense that you're kind of keeping your eye on?
0: So I would say this: uh, there is a lot of variability in 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 uh, prognosticators in terms of their rankings when it comes to defenses. I've seen teams like like Miami, for example, who really thrived off turnovers last year. You talk about a defensive coach, Brian Flores. You know they they were a top. I think top five defense last year. And I think I've seen in some rankings where the dolphins are actually outside the top 12. I don't, I don't particularly agree with it. That's not the team I actually want to talk about here, but, but what I'm saying is there is some very wide variability in the rankings. I've been a little bit surprised how Pavlovian uh, some defensive rankers have become when it comes to teams like the Steelers and the Ravens, for example, where in the case of the Steelers, I think there's some question marks around that offense uh, and and, then that, and we talked about that uh, around the Baltimore Ravens, I think they've lost a number of key players. I don't know that they're going to be as effective as they've been over the years on defense. there seems to be some kind of Pavlovian response, like I said, to rank these teams in the top five. So that's, uh, th- that's what I would say there. Um, so defenses that I'm kind of on the outside that are kind of on the outside right now in terms of top 12 that I'm keeping an eye on. So there's three of them that I actually did want to mention. There's Seattle. Uh, who I think finished the season last year, second half of the season as a top-five defense. Jamal Adams coming over in that trade made a difference. Uh, Certainly the defense was helped out by the offense playing a little bit more conservatively, but they were a highly ranked defense in the second half of the season, and they just re-signed Adams, and they, they are ranked outside the top 12. Granted, they do play in a difficult division, no question about that. I think two teams where... Uh, have been uh, affected different ways. One by injury and two by the ineffectiveness of the offense, but have some elite stars on it. So I'm looking at both the Chicago Bears and the Los Angeles Chargers. It's been a number of years since the Bears have been an elite defense. It's been a few years since that Khalil Mack Mack trade. They have other very good defensive players. They have run stoppers, guys in the secondary that are very good. And the Chargers certainly have a lot of big names that are going to be returning. They've made some good draft picks over the years. But both those teams seem to be being drafted kind of outside the top 15 in terms of defenses. And I think the Bear offense will be better. And I think in the case of, of, of the Chargers, if they can keep some of those players healthy, uh, I think you could be looking at a defense that's maybe maybe being taken for granted when it comes to fantasy this year.
1: Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind those teams. I mean, the Bears. Uh, you know, you get the you get the double whammy, right? You get a lot of talent, and then you get late season weather. So the Bears is always one that I keep my eye on as well. Um, yeah, the Chargers, they have a lot of talent on defense. There's no question about that. You know, James can stay healthy. He's a terrific player. Um, so I, I understand that. I understand those picks. And, uh, you know, they're all ranked outside. I mean, I'm talking about the uh, the Seahawks, the, Char- the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Bans were all ranked outside the top 12 for sure uh, as, a, you know, as a top – 12 defense so those interesting ones to stream and keep your eye on as well uh you know i just think mixing and matching and like you said you know taking one of the top 10 defenses and then picking another one up uh, along the way based on matchups is probably the best and safest way to go about it but, um, you know, unless something is done with your defensive scoring system, you know, you're not looking to take a defense before you're, in, you know, at, at early issue next to last pick uh, when you're taking in a snake draft. But uh, but I, I think the, the interesting thing about the defense is, is there, there's always a defense that really steps up and becomes, like, dominant when you weren't sure. That was the Washington football team. And then you have teams that kind of go the other way where they're like ranked as a top five defense and all of a sudden Minnesota Vikings. I mean, so these are the things that you want to avoid going the wrong way and you want to pre be preemptive when it's going the right way. So this is what we're trying to do when we're giving defenses that are ranked outside the top 12 or even 15
0: let me ask you a question was you mentioned the Vikings and that was definitely a steep fall last year from a coach who was a defensive minded coach and Mike Zimmer that secondary was really terrible they've had a they, the, the preseason has not been kind to them either in terms of the way things look um, you know I, I look at some candidates for maybe fallbacks you know a team like the New Orleans Saints yes they've been an offensive juggernaut but things have kind of changed the way they've run their team on offense the last few years and the Saint defense has been a highly ranked defense over the last uh, over the last few seasons Uh, You know, with the potential change in scenery at the quarterback position, whether it's Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, that remains to be seen. But is is there an opportunity where a defense that's been very consistent in the New Orleans Saints could take that step back this year? That's kind of like a prime example that I look at a team that could potentially be impacted by other factors affecting the team.
1: Yeah, I think... I think the, the the Saints situation is kind of baked into the cake already. I don't think anyone's really ranking them inside the top ten in terms of defense. Uh, you know, based on their defense, it has did not look as strong as it's been in the past. And then most likely Winston's going to be in there. You know, there's going to be games where he's going to give the opposing offense a very short field. And if you're playing points against. Uh, with your defensive scoring system, you know, that's going to be hurtful. So, yeah, I think it's already kind of baked into the cake with the Saints. I don't think anyone's looking at them as a top 10 defense. I know that i allowed zero equity in the Saints defense uh, this year.
0: And something I did want to talk about, too, was that like last year, we know how challenging a season it was. Most stadiums had nobody in the stadium most of the year. A few fans will let back in later in the year. There are challenges around that. But now, this season, looks like we're going to have fans in every NFL stadium. Uh, The noise level will go up. You know, there'll be a 12th man in Seattle, for example. There'll be a noisy dome in in certain other places. How big an impact is it putting fans back in the stands this year?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of uh, somewhat of an impact. Uh, You know, look, uh, you know, fan noise is one thing, but at the end of the day, talent on defense is really going to make a difference. I mean, you know, the Texans play, you know, you play in a dome, but, you know, no one's going to really, you know, care about that if you're an opposing uh, team coming in there. So you got to have the talent. I think you can help in, in some instances. instances but I, I'm more interested in, like, a team that can have a real advantage weather-wise that has a good defense defense. Playing a team that's a dome team or a warm weather team that has to travel east late in the season—that's why I keep my eyes on like the Giants and the Bears uh, in those situations because teams just are not used to playing in that, and um, you know you could see you could see real advantages for those teams. So I, I get the point. I talked about it last year about the Seahawks not having anyone in the stands, and that's always been a stadium. So yeah, I think for some of those teams like the Saints, the, the Saints, the Seahawks, and the Vikings. It will be an advantage, but uh, the Vikings the Vikings couldn't stop a nosebleed last year, so I'm not sure you know if, if having fans in the uh, in the arena is going to help them much. We'll have to see how that plays out, but certainly something uh, to keep your eye on. It'll be good to have fans back in the, in the stands, just in general.
0: Oh uh, yeah, it, de- it definitely will be. And uh, Wiz and I have talked about this. Defense is important. You want to look at your schedules. You want to pay attention to that. Uh, If you can stream matchups, yes, that's what you want to do. No question about it. Uh, But defense is an important part of fantasy defense and special teams. There are a few teams that are able to get touchdowns as a result of having a better kick returner. I think you want to look out for those type of situations as well. Uh, You know, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but it is a big part. I think there are a number of defenses this year that could take some steps up. A number of defenses, like I said, that I feel that maybe are just automatically being ranked, you know, kind of in the top five. I think there's a couple of defenses. When I look at defenses like new England, who has a lot of players returning back that opted out last year or San Francisco 49ers who had a lot of injuries impact their defenses. You know, I'm curious to see what those do because I think those defenses could probably be ranked higher than they finished out last year.
1: No, great. Good point. Um, those, those that's you know another element and uh, yeah it's always it's always interesting to see um the nfl schedule when that comes out and taking a look at maybe you know which of those teams that play in cold weather uh, stadiums could have an advantage uh, late in season and uh you know we talked about for defense defense the kicking game and quarterback as well so it, it just all boils down to preparation. It's something we keep talking about and talking about and talking about and how we you know can drill that point across. That you know you need to look at your scoring system. You need to understand your scoring system, and be prepared in terms of the schedule as well.
0: So, Wiz, there's one defense I do want to ask you about that, that could definitely be materially impacted by who who they go to decide to go with at quarterback. So the Denver Broncos, I think, have one of probably the more elite secondaries in the league this year. They've added talent both through free agency. They had talent there already. Uh, they did it through the draft. They play in a tough division. They have to play Kansas City two times. They have to play the Chargers two times, and the Raiders aren't exactly hapless on offense. Uh, but Denver, you know, you mentioned cold weather sometimes late in the season. Some some of the personnel, like I said, is talented there. But, you know, when I look at the quarterback situation, if they choose Locke, who turned the football over a lot, versus Teddy Bridgewater, will that have an impact on the defense?
1: Yeah, it, it will, uh, a little bit. Certainly, um, you know, Drew Locke, again, is is a quarterback who – is capable of making big plays, but is capable and, and shown on more than occasion that he will make stupid plays and put his defense in poor position. Teddy Bridgewater is more of a grinder, a kind of a safer thrower uh, kind of takes what the defense gives him. He doesn't have the same arm, obviously uh, the drew lock. So yeah, I, I think that could be a situation. I think the, the two things to keep your eye on are the Denver situation um, and the same situation, because, you know, if it's Winston, it's probably better for the skill players, but their defense special teams, I feel, takes a step back. And the same uh, thing with the Broncos. If it's Locke, probably better for their skill players, but their defense, I feel, will take a step or two back, uh, as opposed to Teddy Bridgewater, who, you know, will probably end most of his drives with a kick, where it'll be a punt or a field goal attempt, as opposed to Drew Locke, which some of those drives get in with the other team celebrating with an interception. So, um, those are two situations I'm keeping my eye on as to who wins that starting quarterback position.
0: All right, Wiz, great. Well, that's the wrap-up on the defenses here, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on SoundCloud. Uh, Wiz and I will be keeping the material coming out fast and furiously. A couple of weeks to go before really a huge week of drafts. I know my first draft is on September 2nd, so they're coming fast. They're coming furiously, and uh, you and I are both excited about that. Good job as always, Wiz. Uh, Again, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Hope you have a good Sunday, everybody.
1: You got it, thanks a lot.